welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow host, fellow nerd, Matt O'Hara. Hey, William, what's going on? Oh, you know, just hanging out, watching some tape, tape. Uh, studying some rookies. Yeah, This is the first full week that I really got into the, some of these rookies, watching some tape. Uh, really depressed because I heard that draftbreakdown.com was going to be shutting down, and I was doubting all those rumors. And then when I really dug into it, I saw that they were not updating, so I feel like they are shutting down, which is going to make my life going forward watching tape extremely difficult. Uh, I agree. It is going to make life difficult. But everyone here hopefully something else pops up hopefully else something else comes through maybe we can create something you never okay. know um you never know possibilities are endless they are endless man but uh it was fun to start watching tape again i will say this as today's show is a 2018 rookie mock draft first round way too early mock draft and i think the way too early part definitely locks itself into being way too early because we'll talk about some guys we'll give you some names after this where I believe some of these guys are going to be sneaking in the first round. I feel like some of these guys might be dropping out of the first round. I feel where like the top six are going to be pretty locked in to where they are. Um, top six, top seven. I feel like after that, it's going to be kind of a crapshoot. Because we, kind of, we, were, we were consistent in our top nine, top ten. Right. Uh, after that, it's probably going to be wide open. I feel like there's going to be more running backs coming in. So, obviously, we're not up to date on all the small school guys. Uh you know, the NFL Combine is going to change a lot. More scouting reports. Just getting a list of names in front of me to study more uh, is going to help. There's a lot of game. There's a lot of guys' names I have written down here that I need to watch that I haven't even had a chance to watch yet. I agree. This is the way too early. Way wow. too early. So most of these guys are going to be names that you know. But all these names we've watched a little something something on, so we do have takes on them. You know, like Darius Geis. I watched every game, every snap he played that was available on draftbreakdown.com. I watched every snap of Sony Michelle that I possibly could. I've seen every snap that I could of Saquon Barkley right. uh, as I could. I've seen a lot of Nick Chubb. I've seen uh, a couple games of Kerryon Johnson. I've seen Cortland Sutton. I've seen Calvin Ridley. I've seen James Washington. I've seen Ronald Jones. So... Um, some of these guys I'm already deep in the tape. Like, I don't need to see any more tape on Darius Geis. I've watched five games on him from 2017, and I am good there. I feel like I have a good grasp of the running back he's going to be. I mean, I, I, I definitely have a pretty good feel for a lot of these guys. If, But like you said, they, they hadn't been updating uh, there on draft breakdown, so I wouldn't have minded seeing some of the late season stuff just to make sure that everything and that, transitioned through the whole season. and I think from after Barkley down, I think I am going to do that. I think I'm going to get into YouTube and watch a lot of these late game highlights to really round up my notes. And obviously, you know, the NFL combine is good for size measurables. You know, James Washington came in almost two inches shorter than he was originally listed at. Originally listed about, you know, six foot, maybe a hair under six foot, came in at five foot ten, eleven inch, uh, five foot ten point seven. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Five. Almost five eleven. But yeah, not even really. Five, he's five ten and a half. Right. Right. No, absolutely. 
So that was kind of a shocker. So, yeah, that was at the Senior Bowl uh, official weigh-in. Practice right? started today. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week, we are going to break down the Senior Bowl East-West Shrine game. East-West Shrine game, it's not one of those games that really there's a lot that there's not from. There's not usually a lot, but there occasionally is a guy or two there that, you know, ends Cooper up. Cooper Cup here and there. So we'll, we'll dig into that. East-West Shrine game, obviously, there's a lot of talent there this year. Definitely when it comes to quarterbacks, some mm-hmm. of these running backs. Uh, well, that's the thing. As the, the, the popularity of the Senior Bowl grows and more people go there, the secondary bowl, like in East-West Shrine games, becomes almost what the Senior Bowl used to be. So um, I think as the Senior Bowl grows bigger and bigger, which it really has every year for the past four or five years, um, I think the Shrine game's importance does go up just there, a little bit. Because there's more players that go, like you know, JT Barrett being there. Right, well. guys, that, guys that used to not go to the Senior Bowl – um, are going now, which forces the other guys down a little bit to another Correct. to another bowl game. You know, and there's guys like I haven't watched any tape on which he had really good reports today. I can't even pronounce his last name, so don't, don't kill me on it. But Kalen uh, Balaje, B A L L A G E, running back from Arizona State, looked really good today at the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched any really tape on him. Right, uh, neither. They're right. saying his pass catching ability is pretty well, so I got to dig into him. And I know there's some people out there that like him a lot as well. So. Again, this is going to be a way too early mock draft, but we we usually see um, it's the mid to late half of these were guys that fall out of, and then when we look back at it, but a lot of these top guys are going to stay the same. So let's get into it. Um, the one one this is something that we can guarantee is not going to change. And it's Saquon Barkley, right. running back from Absolutely. Penn State. Now, maybe this is your first year. Maybe you don't watch any college tape, and you everybody knows that Saquon Barkley is the one one. The hype train on Saquon Barkley is pretty ridiculous right now. You'll see tweets out there like, oh, what would you rather have? Odell Beckham, uh, Zeke Elliott, and Julio Jones or Saquon Barkley? You know, there's literally tweets going out there mocking it for how expensive Saquon Barkley is. But if you look back to the Zeke Elliott time, that's a, that's the hype train that Zeke Elliott was building right. already at this point. Um, remember when Zeke was coming out, I was making a case why he could be easily the 1-1 in Dynasty coming out into that year. Right. Now, I'm not going to say the same thing as about Saquon Barkley because I feel like the running back class now, going into the 2018 season, is much stronger than it was when Saquon Barkley was coming out. I agree. Or uh, I mean, Zeke Elliott is. Because right, right. now, I think we've even moved back to the point where running backs have taken a big step forward, just in overall dynasty value, they right. were, where it's top-heavy, but those top-heavy guys are extremely valuable. Guys well, I- that I would now consider taking in the first round – when I would have never considered really taking a running back in the first round before in a dynasty startup draft. Well, I think it comes in waves, you know. I mean, um, for a while there, we were getting a lot of really talented wide receivers, young, talented wide receivers. And now, I mean, look at the past few drafts, man. Has has, has the has the draft been there for wide receivers? Not really, Michael man. Thomas. Yeah, That's so it. it's really starting to dry up a little bit there, and it's, it's definitely taken a big swing the other way where we're getting a lot of these – three down backs that catch the ball really well and oh hey by the way they they learn how to block in in college as well so it's like wow there's nothing keeping these guys off the field um you, you know I, I mean as far as Saquon Barkley there's there's no reason to take this guy off the field once he you know gets acclimated to the NFL speed and all that kind of stuff correct and gets gets into the playbook and like you mentioned before like a lot of these guys you know AJ Green Julio Jones they've really dropped in their dynasty rankings either to late first to early second round uh, guys like that were on there not too far ago that were real high. Des Bryant's fallen off completely. Well, Might even finish the year as a Dallas Cowboy. Right. Remember when we were getting one of those guys a year, two of those guys a year, and it was like it seemed like oh man, all these six foot 
three six foot four 220 pound guys were coming out of college and they were awesome but now it's like uh, i mean michael thomas is what six three i mean he's like the last guy he, that, that he's, he's the last guy that's come out that's now considered a top 12 dynasty startup right, receiver right but a lot of those guys you know we missed out you know mike evans is up there in rankings but guys that were even higher you know sammy watkins but even not i mean done even mike cooper mike evans that was like how many drafts ago no, it's so like Three, four, four drafts yeah, ago. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's been a little fourteen, right? Yeah, and you're right. A lot of those guys have slipped or just not come to potential, and a lot of the older guys are now starting to drop. Right. And where these running backs are really starting to pick up, and you get these young influx. And gr- granted, last year's running back class has a lot to do with it as well. But there's a lot of receivers in there right now that you'd be really nervous about taking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, how much confidence do you have? Like I like Amari Cooper, definitely one of my dynasty squad. But how much confidence do you have going into 2018? And Amari Cooper is your number one receiver. You're nervous a little bit. You're though. definitely nervous. Yeah, you're ho- you got to hope and pray that he pulls pulls his act. Whereas, together. if you have Alvin Kamara, you're not very nervous. Not at all. So getting back to our number one choice here in Saquon Barkley, you know he's five eleven. 230 pounds, 225 pounds, right. somewhere around there. He's going to run probably in the four threes, uh, maybe four very high four fours. He's a running back that does everything pretty much extremely well. He's fast. Mm-hmm. He can block. He's probably the best blocking running back in this draft class. Right. He catches the ball just as good as a receiver. Like you said, he's a three down back. He's not going to come off the field. He is extremely, extremely talented. When it comes to kick returns, he can do it. Uh, there's nothing that he really can't do. And since I got a good tweet from uh, Graham Barfield, since two, the year 2000, so for the last 18 years, there's been just 42 occurrences in which a college running back has rushed for at least 1,200 yards and had over 400 yards receiving. Only 42 times in 18 years. Saquon Barkley did it twice in college. He is a gift of all gifts. The past two years, yeah. He's a faster Zeke Elliott, where Zeke Elliott's a little bit more physical. Uh, he's a faster Zeke Elliott. He reminds me of LaDainian Tomlinson. That's who he reminds me of. That's my comp for Saquon Barkley. And we all know how that ended. He's well, just do. a dynamic playmaker on the right offense, on the right team, which is going to be a pretty high-picking team. He's going to be fantastic. Whether it be the Giants take him at two, whether it be Cleveland, uh, at four or one, he or whether it be the Colts, I'm happy with any of those selections. Yeah, it honestly doesn't matter to me where he goes. No, he is the one one. He's going to be interested where you take him in a dynasty startup. I saw people out there with tweets. Would you, what would we rather have, Saquon Barkley or Alvin Kamara? And I still took Saquon Barkley, even though it's really close. And I saw a lot of people make arguments saying, hey, well, why would you do that when Saquon Barkley has proven himself? He's the number three overall running back. Uh, you so mean Kamara's proven Kamara himself. has yeah, already right. proven himself. Why would you do something like that? It's just because me, I have a higher grade on Saquon Barkley. He's going to come in. He's still going to be young. He's going to be the. He's one of the youngest people in this entire NFL draft. Uh, I think he's like the third per, youngest per player in this draft. For me, his upside is again, it's LT. Listen, I love Kamara, and Kamara is going to be a stud. But when he does become the main guy, are we guaranteed he's going to have the same amount of success? Not guaranteed. I'm confident. I'm again, this is not right. big on Kamara, but we're talking, you know, again, when it comes to a guy like Saquon Barkley, we're not talking where Kamara's in a startup draft is going to be, what, the fourth, fifth, sixth player taken. You know, you could argue a guy taking a guy like Kareem Hunt ahead of Kamara. We talked about this when we did our rookie redraft. Barkley could end up being a 1 1 running back. He very, yeah, he very well could be. And, and Le'Veon Bells, David Johnson, Zeke Elliott, Todd Gurley's 
all those guys. He's that special. He's these elite, these guys that I trust, the analysts that I trust, they're coming over saying he's one of the best running backs I've ever scouted, if not the best in my entire life, says a lot. Right. No, you, I mean, old school guys like Gil Brandt are like on this guy's, you know, on this bandwagon saying, I don't understand why you wouldn't take this guy. Like, he's the number one prospect. Gil Brandt right. said he should go 1 1. Right. He's That's, he's the number one guy in this draft. And when Gil Brandt right. says he's one of the best running backs he's ever seen, period, right. Gil Brandt is seen everybody he, that dude's older than dirt yeah yes. he's, I mean, he's he was God, there when jim him. brown played right they call him the godfather and, and literally he is he's so he's super old but i mean if he's saying squan barkley's the best he's ever you know or like even one of the best i mean it's still he's up there yeah. and don't and don't and you might as well give up trying to trade for squ- the one one oh yeah it's, the price late. the price is way too ridiculous unfortunately because yeah. as much as i love squan barkley you can't give up heat for somebody that's never done anything in the nfl like that you just can't uh, we saw, I think the most is I'd give up is something like we saw in the Dynasty Nerds League when somebody gave up a three first round picks for Todd Gurley and they were all and it. And that was a great draft and it was pretty much, you know, the, that person got Odell Beckham. They got Devonte Adams. Right. If you look back on top of that, you would take Odell Beckham and Devonte Adams. Those two over every single running back in the NFL. You know, I would take Devonte Adams and Odell Beckham over Todd Gurley and Alvin Kamara. If you put those two trades in front of me. Right. So you, you just never know. Now, this draft class just isn't. Of, just because of longevity. Yeah. Of, of this this yeah. draft is not that draft class. And, again, we were talking about these last couple of receiving draft class. I feel the same about this draft class as receivers, which we do have a lot of receivers in our first-round mock draft. But at the same time, none of them over – like, a couple of them to me have a chance to be a good quality receiver like right but none of none of them one. jump off the page like like they're gonna be all-timers or anything yeah none of them are saying hey this guy you got you gotta have right him. like everyone you take with a little bit of reluctancy saying nah, i hope they pan out and be pretty good i mean none of them are like hey this guy's calvin johnson he's gonna be dominant like, no none of those guys no no even, which, there's not even right. Sammy watkins in here where you felt like that dominant right. for him um who i hope has a good rebound year but so saquon barkley when it comes to training for him it's gonna be extremely hard uh like I said, there's no point of giving up Alvin Kamara for Saquon Barkley. Because this is the thing. If somebody's willing to do that, straight up, Alvin Kamara for the 1-1, and you believe in Saquon Barkley like I do, I'd be willing to do that. But at the same time, there's almost no point to do that. They're both dominant players. That's what I, I mean, like you were, you were, you were kind of making the argument of, of which one you, you'd like more than the other. And I have a hard time with – I mean, there's – they're – they both do similar things, that, whereas, you know, they can both run between the tackles. They both catch the ball really well. There's no real reason to take them off. They're both three-down guys that have a really bright future. So, I mean, it's you're like – to me, you're basically splitting hairs. And, and I mean, I, I'd be tempted to do it because I think Saquon Barkley is really good, but at the same time – what's the point? Like, you already got it. You already have – Somebody that's very similar. Like, if you want to do it for a guy like, maybe you want to do it for like Le'Veon Bell, right? I I do it for Le'Veon Bell in a heartbeat because he's older. He's going to switch teams. He's got baggage. Uh, he's got some baggage. Right. After he gets paid, who knows how it's going to go? You're going to get much younger here. So that's different. But when it comes to Todd Gurley, Zeke Elliott, right. Alvin Kamara, Cream Hunt, those guys, it's kind of somewhat of like, eh, it's kind of a wash. Right. You're you're almost making a lateral move. Yeah. David Johnson, I'd be okay with it because they have no quarterback. We don't know how the receiving core is going to be. Uh, he's come up with that injury, new coach. So much, there's so much going on there. It's unknown, and David Johnson's good, but again, a whole new coaching staff, which means a whole new scheme. 
he might not be a bad player to kind of try and somewhat get out from under. If you could flip David Johnson for Saquon Barkley, I would love to make that maneuver if I could. But when it comes down to a prospect, again, there's not we can sit here and talk all day. He's just he's the hands down one one. Right. He does everything well. He's a three down back. He's a threat to score a touchdown any which way possible. Early in his year, his career he most likely will return kicks. So if you get points there, it's even extra on little, top of that. Little bonus right there. So Saquon Barkley's in a tier of himself. This position will not change at all. Uh, we'll be saying the same things over and over again, it's making the same comps as we go through. Uh, it's going to get pretty boring and redundant, but it is what it is. He's that special. Uh, again, the arguments going to come down to where do you take him in a dynasty startup? Again, he's going to fall right into that late, very late first, pretty high second round of the late startup because he's just somebody that's going to be franchise changing. Right. No, I just can't wait to see some of what is like what some of his measurables, uh, how they stack up against other guys. Yeah. In, in in years past. But he's he's literally franchise changing. You take him, and he's one of those guys that's going to be so good he could single handedly almost get you to playoffs. So totally agree. Moving on to our next guy. Now, this guy, the next guy is pretty much a consensus everywhere you look, the number two rookie as well. So not a lot has changed here. For me, the number two and the number three guy we have here on our list, it's really close for me. I, I agree. The person, yeah. And I can easily see myself swaying to the guy we're going to talk about next, jumping this guy. But in the meantime, I do have, we have both the consensus here. Like I said, I think we were consensus all the way to pick number ten. Yeah, it was like eight, eight, nine, ten. Somewhere Even though number there. eight, you yeah. didn't. We'll get to that point. But uh, right. number two, we have Darius Geist, running back from LSU, five foot eleven, two hundred eighteen pounds. This guy is just an angry, mean runner. Power, speed, agility, does all those things really, really well. When I watched all, a lot of his tape, I, I, there's barely any plays that he got tackled for a loss on. Almost any place, right? No, yeah, he definitely fights through little ta- like little uh, behind the scrimmage type of things, and and at least gets back to the line. And LSU is a team that runs the ball, oh, yeah. and they run the ball mm-hmm. a lot. So he did this versus stacked boxes. So it was hard for him to get a lot of big explosive plays uh, on tapes I saw, just because again the boxes were just constantly stacked against him. But he was not losing yards, constantly moving forward. This is a guy that runs hard, good speed. Good agility for his size, too. He definitely is, yeah. But just an angry runner, man. Just likes to get get his head down, get in there, run in between the tackles, runner. Uh, Show that he can't catch the ball, didn't really see any drops out of him, even though I think about 98% of his passes were behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, a lot of them were just like uh, dump-off, wheel-route type of things, or not wheel-route, you know, behind the line of scrimmage type of things um, and and little screen pass type of things. Yeah. but it definitely showed improvement in that area every year uh, in college. Went from five receptions to nine receptions to 18. But same thing we saw with Leonard Fournette last year. They just don't throw to the running backs that much at no. LSU. So it's one of those things where you that's a little bit of a projection. But Want to see him in the combine. But, yeah, exactly. What you've seen so far on tape doesn't lead me to think that he can't catch. You know, He seems to be a natural hands catcher. And I think for most of these running backs, um, I think we talked about this in last year's class too that the draft is going to have a lot to do with where these guys end up in rankings, where, where they end up. Like I would love to see Darius Geis in Green Bay. 
You know, I would love to see Darius Geis in Detroit. In Detroit or, or, or the Colts or somewhere like that. Yeah, exactly. You know, if the Colts spend their second-round pick on Darius Geis, that's right. a fantastic mm-hmm. spot. Him matched up with Marlon Mack and Marlon Mack's, like, explosiveness – uh, I think it's a good combo. Definitely seeing Darius Geis one, two, and then Mack in a third downs. Mm-hmm. I like that. So I want to see where the, he ends up. Same where I want to see where our number three guy guy ends up. But to, to me, Darius Geis is going to be one of those really good, consistent running backs. Yeah. Where he'll never probably be like the best running back in the NFL. Um, on your fantasy teams, he's not really going to finish. Joe you know, Barton injuries probably top five uh, year in year out. But he's gonna be. He has a chance to be like the fifth, sixth, seventh running back on your fantasy roster, being a running back one, pretty consistently. Definitely, we get to his team where he gets a lot of carries. Right. I mean, what if Carlos Hyde goes, you know, leaves San Francisco and, and he gets it, you know, he ends up in San Francisco. He could be pretty dominant in a running scheme like that. I think as well. I, I saw a lot of those comments about Jarek McKinnon, how he came out today and said he wants to go somewhere where he gets more opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people mentioned San Francisco, and I was thinking about that. I was like, man. I was like, like a Matt Breda and him, Jarek McKinnon would be like a really good combo. Like, like McKinnon going to San Fran and Kyle Shannon's offense would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like you said, I mean, you put a Darius Geis in there, matching up with someone that catch the ball well. I mean, if he got in the right scheme, because I think that's, I think the scheme in San Francisco lends itself to to you could you could get a the number one overall running back. I mean, coming out of that scheme, catching passes. And just really getting fed the ball, uh, there's there's a lot of opportunities. So I think I think it's yet to I, I think Darius Geis's value is going to be largely in where he lands. And I think he I think his he's going to get drafted high enough. He'll most likely be the second running back off the board that so. will be happy with that. Yeah. So right now I have a number two, and right. you have a number two as I well have, as your overall. Have, yep. At number three overall, we have the same guy again, mm-hmm. Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle. Now for me personally, I could easily see Sony Michelle jump in Darius Geis on where he lands in the right scheme, in the right system. And, you know, some people will be like, hey, man, I think a lot of people – I tweeted out there this week. I said one guy that I'm higher on than most, I think, and a lot of people are like, no, he's going to be top five. I think everybody agrees he's going to be top five, and that's fine. I think he'd be as, number, as high as number two on my board, Sony Michelle. I'm like, well, a lot of people are just big on what he did in the playoffs, and that's not true at all because Michelle is somebody that's been pretty good – his entire career at Georgia. In 2015, to be exact, you know, the, the last year that Todd Gurley was there, who ended out to be a top 10 NFL pick, it was Sony Michelle who was both their top offensive player there in 2015. He had 1,100 rushing yards, 1,161 yes, rushing yards. Yes, as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Played as a freshman, but his senior year was his best year. He had right. 1,227 yards, 7.9 average, 16 touchdowns. And this is a guy that had Nick Chubb ahead of him. He had Todd Gurley ahead of him. And Nick Chubb has been the name until he got hurt when he tore up his knee pretty bad. Right. And, like, Michelle has been kind of, like, on the outlier until this year when he really came in and stepped up. Obviously, 2015 was good, but he does – again, he, the Alvin Kamara comps, I think, are perfect for him. Right, and, and and don't let the stats fool you. You know, this year he only had nine receptions for 96 yards, but – the year before that, he had 22, and then the year before that, he had 26 catches. So, I mean, it was one of those things where I think when they were using him as a complimentary back, they, they used him more on third downs and stuff like that, so he was able to catch more passes, whereas this year he was more of a feature type of runner and, and didn't get as many yeah, passes. Yeah, him and Chubb were pretty much right. 50-50, and exactly. I think Michelle outshined him on every every aspect of the game. You know, his pass protection to me was piss poor. 
Right. Uh, he needs did to not work like, on yeah. That. I mean, there's times that his effort looked terrible. Besides that, though, he's really quick through the hole, man. Really quick through the hole. Has really good agility, really good balance. And he shows patience as time at the hole as well. Everything he does, again, I mean, it's like those Kamara comps of this year in the NFL. Yeah. He does really, really well. He he doesn't lose momentum when he cuts. You know what I mean? He's one of those players that can start and stop on a dime and, and, and not lose speed. So that, that's a really, really important thing for a running back. So I, I do like what I've seen so far out of Sony Michel. If you look at his, if you're worried about his fumbles, he had a 12 career fumbles, which is good for one out of every 131 catch it, uh, carries. He did only have two in 2017, so he he fixed that up pretty well, right? As well, and he's just he's one of those guys in the right scheme. Again, if this guy goes to Indianapolis and he's the man there, he's my number two overall rookie. I'm taking him ahead of Darius Geis. Uh, if he goes to San Francisco, then he has a chance to be my number two overall right. rookie. Right, it does. Between him and, and Geis, really landing spot for both those guys is going to determine which one. Both probably, good running backs. Yeah, absolutely. And different. I, they're different. I mean, uh, Geis is a lot more powerful. Sony Sony Michelle is is a lot quicker and more elusive uh, of a back. So I mean, they're different, and they don't belong probably in the same schemes. So um, you know, it, it's going to depend largely on where they they fall for me. So for me, these two right here are in a different tier. As of today, like when I look at Saquon Barkley's in a tier like that's in a different planet. stratosphere. Yeah. yeah. It's just way out there. Yeah. But then my next tier of Darius Geis and Sony Michelle, that's my next tier. Like those two guys. I agree. And I think the strategy here entering your rookie draft early, which is a good time to make these trades for draft picks before the hype gets to a certain spot. A lot of people get to know these names. Everybody's trying to trade off Saquon Barkley for running back help. I think you should be trying to trade for the number three overall pick here. Uh, if you sit at four, I think you're in a good spot because most likely somebody's going to need a running back in that top or receiver in that top three. And a guy like Ridley, James Washington, or Cortland Sutton could go there, and you could luck out at four. But I think even at four, I'm trading up the number three spot to be safe. I'm trying to move up one spot, give up the limited amount here. But if you need running back help, I think today, today, this week, the next two weeks, before we get to NFL Combine, before more news comes out here, that you should really be trying to trade up to the number three spot. The number two spot's going to be a little bit pricier. You can talk to that guy, too. Maybe you can't work out a deal. Every owner is different. But if you need running back help, I think you really should now, today, as soon as possible, move up to the number two, the number three spot to target one of these guys. Because where Saquon Barkley is going to be really, really good and elite, the fantasy football in the NFL itself is funny. Just like Alvin Kamara and Kareem Hunt this year were the top two backs compared to this deep running back class here. It, it wouldn't surprise me if a guy like Sony Michelle in the right spot somehow outproduced Saquon Barkley his first year in fantasy football, and people were like, "Oh my God, what were we talking?" You what know, what he, was? He, yeah, what was everyone looking at? He pulls out where we had guys that Cream Hunt was number four overall, and that's where Barkley finishes. But somehow Sony Michelle finishes number three overall fantasy running back because of his receptions and the way he plays football. So, and the same thing with Darius Geis. I think both these guys are in the right system. I think if you move that. You make that move now for the number three spot, which would be affordable. So say you pick at six, say you pick at seven, say you pick mm-hmm. eight. You might be able to get the number three by giving up your second and some older guy on your roster that you might not like and come away with one of these guys that we look at in the future. By the time the draft actually rolls around for your rookie draft, you're going to be coming away. People are going to be like, wow, that's, yeah, you gave up a second right. and, that, and you got right. this guy. Now's the time to make that move because I think it's going to be a lot harder to get some of these guys. 
and maybe well we get once the, you know closer to the draft obviously it's rookie fever takes off and it's almost impossible these people start falling in love with the guy that they think they they're going to get there at number three and they're locked in on them. right they're, already, no, locked in. they're pay- already on that person's roster in their in their head yeah know? and you're paying the price of what they expect that person to do right. compared to what their fair value should be and granted as we get deeper in this process guys might change you know all of a sudden, the seventh, eighth pick might turn into what it did last year, where you feel really good about that. Getting an Alva Kamara, Cream Hunt, uh, Evan Ingram type kind of player, and you're okay with that. But if you do need running back help, stop stop trying to get the Squam Barkley trade. You're going to pay too much. It's not worth it. Whatever it is, whatever it is it's not worth it. It's just, it's just facts. It's um, going to be ridiculous. It's getting out of control. It, it's been out of control. It's li- it Literally, it's out of control. Uh and very well should be. Nobody should be trading away Saquon Barkley. He's right. like we mentioned, he's franchise changer. What you should be doing is trying to trade for the second and third overall pick. That's what you. That's the move to make. See what that guy wants. Start kneeling away now. Start working on it because you got about three three weeks or so to make this trade go down. Go for it. I started to think about today in all my leagues. How can I get this pick as well? Um, and it's in. I'm getting ready to start opening some negotiate negotiations for me too. Move up from spots that I'm in. Uh, so yeah, number two, number three, Darius Guy, Sony Michelle, Mich- kind of league of their own, little uh, <laughs> little Gina Davis, Madonna. There's Rosio, no, there's Rosio no crying in Hanks. baseball. Uh, no, no crying no. in scouting. So, do you feel comfortable with that as a tier in itself? I definitely do. Yeah. Okay, so let's jump a tier down, shall we? Let's do it. To our number four overall player, a guy that again consensus number four. But we go into this with a little bit of hesitation because we mentioned earlier in the show there's no receivers here that we feel 100% confident in. But our number one receiver going into it right now is going to be Cortland Sutton, wide receiver, SMU, uh, big, prototypical NFL wide receiver. Right. Uh, you know, there's no exact measurement on the guy yet, but six six foot three, 215 pounds is what I have. Six, I've seen six four, two fifty, you know, right around there. So, and and he looks all every bit of that on tape. So I don't, I don't expect him to come in smaller than that um, at all. But this past season, sixty eight receptions, one thousand eighty five yards, twelve touchdowns. Um, the year before that, seventy six receptions for twelve hundred and forty six yards for and ten touchdowns. So, you know, right, he cracks the the four digits and double digit touchdowns in the past two years. He's a dominant guy. I I saw a couple too many just I, – I'll call them concentration drops uh, on, like, easy passes, uh, you know, you know, quick little bubble screens and stuff like that that he flubs and drops. And and I, I don't really see probably the top-end explosion, explosion that I'd like to see out of a, a number one wide receiver. But other than that, I, I mean, I really do like everything else he has. He has good, like, build-up speed. And really, yeah, the way he builds up, he gets going with those yeah, strides. So right. he he can be a vertical threat. Um, and obviously, with the with the ten touchdowns and the twelve touchdowns, he's he's a guy that they're looking for in the end zone. He's a guy you can go to in the in the red zone. And he's got good agility yeah. for his size. And I I saw in some of his like route running, like he can for a guy not being like super fast, like his start stop ability to get in and out of some of these breaks, right, was pretty impressive for his size. I think there's a lot of room to grow. I think, you know, if I need a receiver, I feel comfortable. Like, I really need a receiver really bad. I don't need any running backs. Last year I took, say, Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara. I feel comfortable enough with him by taking him number two overall. I do feel like. Do, okay. Like, I don't. I, I would take the running back. I would try and trade down here. But if I desperately need a receiver and nobody's going to make the trade for me, and no matter what I need a receiver, I think as being the number one receiver in his class, I think, I think he's the number one receiver in his class 
hands down. Uh, we love these big. Pow- he's these like big the he's the most prototypical type of guy that can end up being a wide you know wide receiver one on for a team. So from that standpoint alone, I, I mean, I'm probably going to push him up a little bit, and and he's at the top of my list now. So yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's a touchdown scorer. He had 31 right. touchdowns in his last three seasons. Mm-hmm. Really athletic, really good hands. I know you said some of those drops were concentration drops. Everything I've seen him, I'm not concerned about drops whatsoever with him. He is just somebody to me that if he can get better, just a little bit better, and really mold into NFL receiver, he could be a wide receiver one. This is the guy in this draft class when we say we don't see a Calvin Johnson. I'm right. going to this. But for somebody, if there's going to be somebody that turns into that guy, if he's going to be, he could be Michael Thomas right. is no, what I, he could be. I think. Which we all would love on oh, our yeah, roster absolutely. right now. I mean, um, I want to see, I want to see where the, what this guy runs. Very curious. I'm very, I'm very, very curious. So, I mean, if, if if he's one of those guys that that skates it and and keeps like putting it off at pro days and stuff like that, and, and won't run at the combine, I'll, I'll know all I need to know that the guy's running like a four six or something like yeah. that. Which if he, is, as long as he runs into four fives, right. I am totally cool with this guy. Me you too. Know, Me totally too. good with him. Right. I'm with you though. Yeah. If he's like, oh, I can't run or something, like that, and you're like, whoa, 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 yeah, whoa. Yeah. He's whoa. a four six four seven guy, and, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute, hold on, because because I don't see. The immediate get off. I I think he's fast once he gets going, and he and he looks good, you know, running down, running in the open field and stuff like that. It's the the initial get off that yeah, I'm a little that suddenness off the line. Yep. He has trouble with you know the defensive backs to kind of slow him up right off the line. But when he does get going, like you said, he really does get going. He has good agility. Like I said, get, getting out of his breaks is good. Um, not afraid to go over the middle, make some of those crossing routes as well. Just an overall really nice receiver. And like we said, easily the number one receiver in his class. Going to be a first round draft pick in the NFL. So right now he is the top dog. Again, it's going to be hard for anybody to kind of surpass him in the receiver role for me. Just on the upside, the ability, and the tape that I saw, he's the man. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah enough said. All right. Number Moving on to number five, mm-hmm. James Washington, receiver, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, came in smaller, five foot, ten and a half. Uh, that's not six foot, but he weighs 210 pounds. 210 pounds. He's a, he's a thickly built guy, too, man. He looks almost – I mean, he wears a, a – an odd number for a wide receiver too. number, I think 20, 23 or 28 or something like that. And he, and just the way he's built, I, I don't know. I end up, I end up thinking I'm watching a, a, a running back, a running back making amazing catches out there, but the dude looks good, man. I, I really do. He was one of the, like the most, most aggressive wide receivers I've seen in this, in this draft, in the early stages of me watching tape. Great hands, great man. hands, yeah. strong hands, finishes really well. We'll go up there and get the ball. The guy averaged 19.7 per catch uh, throughout his career, and he's just one of those guys that is a baller. Uh, first day, day was the first day of the Senior Bowl. Who was the best-looking receiver out there? It was James Washington. Yeah. Running his routes, getting the football, uh, which, is, which is good to hear already that he was running good routes to the Senior Bowl early because that was one of his knocks. Like, he wasn't really a good route runner in college, he was more of a like. He was a Blitnikoff uh, uh, award winner, also. That's uh, pretty fantastic. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you. But, um, you know his his height's going to be an issue, but you know we we talk about these smaller guys, like a guy like Antonio Brown, for example. This guy could be like his seal. If you're going to say, okay, what's the best? This guy could be that physical playmaking 
receiver like Antonio Brown. Like everything that makes Antonio Brown one of the best receivers I've ever seen in my entire life are things that James Washington does well. You know, that physicality, the able, you know, if, instead if he can get his route run down to prestige, you know, to be a really good route runner, he can do those kind of things where he's going to come down with the football. He's not afraid to even go up and get the football. No, he's not. No, he's not. I mean, 74 receptions, 1,549 yards, and 13 touchdowns. He's had double-digit touchdowns the past three years, 13, 10, and 10. So the dude knows how to score. He's got a nose for the end zone. Um, he makes big plays, man. 80s along of 86 yards this year, 91 the year before, 75 the year before, 68 the year before that. So the dude is always constantly breaking long plays. I love the guy after the catch. I mean, you said strong hands. I, he runs strong too. Um, you said, and he looks like a running back. He looks like a running back, even when he has the ball in his hands running. The way he kind of gets his shoulder and gets down a little bit low, he looks like a running back running the football. And that's what I mean by running strong, man. And I think that's where a lot of those touchdowns come from. Right. Again, he runs strong. He's a thick, strong-bodied player. Um, two-year captain on his team as well. Everything I've seen about him, I love. I mean, I to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if in my final rankings I have him above Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton. Yeah, you think you think so? So we, when I was saying all the stuff I said before, like, oh, he's locked in as the number one receiver, you could see him jumping him. I because I. I my initial like if this guy was six to foot three, for sure he'd be a, ahead of Cortland Sutton. The only thing pushing Sutton up right now is his size. I think okay because I, I I like his physicality. I like um just everything like just his aggressive nature as a wide receiver. Yeah, you know what? Like, I can see that too because I can see that one of those things like he's. Like when we look back at next year, like who's the top scoring fantasy rookie receiver? James Washington, fifty-five catches, eight hundred ninety yards, four touchdowns, five touchdowns. Maybe even does even better with that in right. the touchdowns. Because again, I like the ball in this guy's hands. I like the way he runs the ball. I like his physicality. This is about will he handle you know press coverage well? How is he going to match up some of these NFL cornerbacks? You know, a guy like Jalen Ramsey to me would totally. Now, granted, that's not fair because Jalen Ramsey was an all-pro this year. He shut everybody down. But like a guy like Jalen Ramsey, like a big cornerback, would absolutely dominate mm-hmm. James Washington. They dominate him. So there's like a way in the NFL to completely shut him down. That's where we talk about sometimes these big receivers get the edge because it doesn't matter who you put on them, right. you can't stop them. Right. No. Where James Washington, somebody you can scheme against and definitely kind of stop. Unless you're a guy like Antonio Brown, you can't stop him. Uh, but, yeah, I, I agree with you. I could definitely see him – Right scheme, overall everything. After you really dig down deep, okay, this is the guy I'm taking at receiver, number one overall. To me, to, it's still, I just like I said to me, I think it's going to be really hard for anybody to surpass Sutton just on the upside alone. And But the combines, like you said, the combines going to be a difference maker there. I agree. Yeah, I think I think, I think totally because I think James Washington's going to run well. Uh, you know, the senior bowl is going to do well. And I think at the and, and, and I want better. to see where it ends up. James Washington's definitely going to be a scheme for, for me too. I want to see where he ends up. Who's the number is James Washington forced into that number one receiver role. Is he going to be the guy that's going to be like, you can kind of coverage on, or is he going to be the guy opposite? Like is James, does James Washington go to Dallas and they do keep Des? Cause that's perfect for me. Oh, he I lo- would he love to see him I with ex- Dak Prescott. I was actually just listening to an interview with him. He idolized Des Bryant. Obviously they both went to Oklahoma yeah. state and everything. And he said he, he was, he's modeled parts of his game after Des Bryant's game as well. So like that matchup there, yeah. like that combo of those two guys would be fantastic. That'd be a nice way me. to, yeah, it'd be a nice way to usher in the new kind of the new breed there in, in Dallas or so the new, new number one wide receiver into Dallas. Yeah, even if you want to, a guy, even 
even if he went to a place that had already a, an established clear number one, like we mentioned earlier, Michael Thomas. If he went somewhere like there, that'd be a fantastic spot for him as well. I would love, I'd love to see him come in and be locked in as a number two NFL receiver, right? Uh, which would be really good for my fantasy roster. So, again, James Washington at five. Right now gives us a very strong top five here in the draft. But, I mean, I, I think he, like you were saying – Cortland Sun is, you know, most likely going to be a first round draft pick. I, I, I definitely see James Washington probably being more in the second round range in the NFL draft itself. Um, we can, yeah, we'll. But he we'll could, see, he, he could always sneak, sneak. In the first round. He could always I could sneak absolutely in. Yep. sneak him into the first round, hands down. So let's move on to our sixth pick here. The sixth pick is a guy that everybody in the NFL has as a number one receiver coming out, and that's going to be Calvin Ridley, six foot one, 190 pounds. The 190 pounds says a lot about him. He's just a really lean receiver. Right for six foot one, that's a, that's a little bit tiny, or not tiny, but just lean, like you were saying. Yeah, he's probably the best route runner in yeah. this draft class. Mm-hmm. Has really good hands as well. I don't know, but it's just when I watch the tape, not not overly not overly physical, not physical at all. He's right. like a poor man's AJ Green. Right, you know, just he's smaller. He's a couple inches smaller than AJ Green. But like that kind of build that he has, that's that's kind of build he's going to have in the NFL. Like right. he's never going to be that big, strong receiver. There's not right. AJ Green will never be big. He just can't put on that kind of muscle. And I I think you're right in, in assessing that Calvin John or Calvin Ridley rather can't really put on much more weight either. Yeah, it's just kind of yeah. I mean, it's what it is. He's like um, who can compare him to? Kind of somebody like AJ Green or somebody else in size compared to somebody like a Stephon Diggs who will never be. Really right, right. strong, but Stephon Diggs, who he has his top twelve possibly dynasty startup receiver, you know, good route running, good good speed. You can make up for it in other places for sure, and especially in today's NFL, where the you know the cornerbacks can't touch you after five yards as long as you can get off the line, and it, even if even if you're schemed, you know, in motion or something like that, you can you can get off the line in different ways. Yeah, he could be he could be Amari Cooper uh, again. Some that runs really good routes. And gets open that way. Right. Um, so I want to see where his 40 time comes in at, where his true speed is. But again, I've seen enough t- tape where he's NFL fat. Like, he's football fat. I was going to say, I, I don't I don't have much of a question when I when I watch his I'm just tape, wondering, but... like, what his 40 time is going to be. But like I said, he, he's football fast. Yeah, like, his speed in I the agree. game, when guys, like, run routes like he does. He gets like in and out of his breaks really fantastically. well. Fantastically. Yeah. He does that all really, really well. And people have him as number one receiver for a reason. It's just, to me... It's hard for me to see him as like the guy. You know what I mean? Like, I totally agree. That's exactly. I don't see him as like a true number one on a team. I just see him as like a really good receiver. Like right. somebody you're happy to have on your dynasty team, but you're never going to take him as like if he's your wide receiver one, you're somewhat in trouble. Like I, championship I, calorie. But like I'm he's with a, you, man. I'm with I you. see him as a really good for a long time, like high end wide receiver two. On your dynasty roster, that's where I kind of see him, which is great to have. Again, it's, totally. it's great to it have. It totally is, and you you just have to make sure you're getting him at the right place, and you're not expecting more than he is. And we have know? him at six, right now. And you know, some people are like, well, why do you have James Washington and Cortland Sutton ahead of him? It's just I see the upside there. Yeah, I see a little bit um, more with those guys. I see Calvin Ridley is the safest guy. Actually, you know what? I think James Washington is pretty safe in my eyes. But I mean, Calvin Ridley. There's no really, like, even his downside to me would be, like, 
a low-end wide receiver three because right. of his route running ability. Yeah. The guy's going to be drafted really high, so people are going to be committed to him. But that fifth-year fifth option is going to be paid well. People expect a lot of things from him, too. But, again, I kind of want to see where he ends up as well. Like, if he ends up in Baltimore, I'm not, like, overly enthused about him and Joe Flacco together. I, I'm not either. If he gets drafted in Baltimore, I'm just going to make sure to take him off my draft board because they're terrible at drafting wide receivers there. Um, and conversely, if he gets drafted by the Steelers, he's going to be my number one wide receiver. I've I've come to the conclusion that they that that's how those two franchises roll. But again, a guy, if he ends up somehow in Dallas, if they spend their first round pick on him because they don't want to move on, that's a really good matchup with Dak Prescott. I like that rapport going on. Um, I could see that as well. I could see that again. Another nice. spot that I really yep. like to get him into. They they need to get a, another wide receiver pretty badly there in Dallas. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. If we if he ends up in Indy, right. I'd be happy with him in Indy. But he's not going to last that long. I mean, what about a, what about a, a what about a destination like Green Bay? I mean, they have Devontae Adams. Jordy's getting old. Cobb probably is on the way out. And who else do they really have? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he I could like emerge that. pretty quickly that, at a place like Green Bay as their number two option. Green Bay would be good. I mean, there's a lot of places like that. Like any any receiver that goes in Green Bay, I mean, we like. You know, what I mean, we love. No, I know. I just, I'm I'm thinking it might just be time, and and you know, there's been talks about Green Bay possibly looking at, uh, you know, an NFL receiver in the draft. But there's a, there's a lot of teams that. I wouldn't be overly excited about him going to, but Green Bay would definitely fall in that category. I mean, they they have a um a pretty good history of picking guys in like the second round, also that that pan out pretty nicely. And I could see Calvin Ridley definitely slipping to the second round. So the only thing that really worries about me with right now is him is just his overall build and size. Like I like him as a wide receiver, yeah. uh, definitely. And, and coming out of Alabama, where somebody don't throw the ball a lot, right. or even have a good quarterback, like I would love That's to the see. Thing. You get him with a guy like Aaron Rodgers that can. That can, you know, the second you're out of your break, the ball's on you. I mean, and he's a very good route runner and can show good separation. You know, Aaron Rodgers could pepper this guy with passes all day. Yeah, I mean, if he's somebody that went to, like, I would love to see him, like, another year of that freshman Tua, you know what I mean, compared to their, you know, strong right, right. that was just not very, very good. But let's see where it goes. I mean, does he land, does Calvin really land in Buffalo? You know, then you got to be somewhat worried there because there's a question of a receiver. But then a guy like Calvin Ridley ends up in, say, New England. And the late end of the first round, I love Calvin Ridley in New England with his route running ability. Tom Brady's going to get him the ball right. in the right spot. Right. Yeah, same. Uh, I mean, same thing with Aaron Rodgers. But we have right. to see, we have, again, I just want to see where he ends up. I guess is the big thing for me, Calvin Ridley. But I like him right now, locked in as my number three receiver. All these guys are somewhat close to me, so I think Land Spot could definitely change some things. But to me, out of all of them, I think the safest guy, even though I said James Washington's pretty safe, I think on route run ability, which is in the NFL, the ability to get open, which is huge. Route run is extremely important in the NFL. I think that that would make Calvin Ridley the safest guy with his hands. I mean, I I, I could definitely see that. I, I, I And I like the take, even, because I – I think he's safer. I think James Washington maybe has a little bit more upside. So I think that's how I would label those. I'm two just guys. really interested to see where Calvin Ridley goes. I mm-hmm. said my only. I think the only team that I'd be really like about right now would be like Baltimore. It's the only team I'm gonna be somewhat nervous about for him personally. Okay. So that means he's gonna be a Raven. He's definitely gonna be a Raven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, let's move on to our number seven guy now. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven overall, we took. We both agreed. Ronald Jones, running back, USC. Six foot, two hundred pounds, 
probably going to run the four three ranges right there. Maybe he's you fa- know? I mean, he's fast. He, he's he definitely looks really explosive on tape. He's a tall, lean runner who's extremely explosive. Has really good lateral agility. He ran track at USC, right? So that shows you he was a third leg, I think, on their uh, the four man, whatever it is. And this guy is a scored. He scored in nineteen of his last twenty games a touchdown. Well, I mean, he scored twenty touchdowns this year. So. Yeah. Well, nineteen. He scored nineteen times in his last twenty games. Right. So this is a guy that's a, he's a big play receiver. And he gets a lot of Jamal Charles comps, and I see that a lot into him in the way he runs. Now, the big difference here is, though, surprisingly, he only caught 32 balls for 302 yards and two touchdowns in his career. In his career, and only 14 this past year, 187 yards. So, you know, is that because of scheme? Is that because of him? Uh, I haven't watched enough tape to see all that. I'm I'm interested to dig a little bit more in him. I also haven't watched a ton uh, of of his tape either but he's an explosive playmaker that can take it to the house yeah. at any time at running back and i'm interested also to see what he actually weighs in at and what his actual measurement is he are. really 200 pounds right is he really six foot i'm thinking he's going to be but a, he looks that way he, I mean, he looks like that big tall lean running back i mean the weight might not be there that's what i'm worried about the weight it needs to be there it needs to be there he i think he's going to end up being a, about six foot 190 pounds 194 295. I still want to be crazy about that. But again, I mean, Jamal Charles was that big, lean running back as well. And I mean, I, you're talking about a guy that was just the number one overall pick in redraft leagues for three consecutive years. But, one of the best running backs. But he did in the catch era. the ball. But he caught the ball. That's where a lot of that's where a lot of his value was. So, but let's see him in the com- like. I'm going to watch all his drills. Right. Now, this is where the combine really helps. Is want to see watch him in his drills catching the football and see how is he, he natural or is he it's, flubbing them, man? Because exactly if right. If he's got those butterfingers, I'm not sure if he's going to maintain a, a first round grade here. But he's somebody. That, but he's one of those guys, man. That's like you know that has that like Chris Johnson kind of ability to. Be that big play threat. He's got a gear. He's got an extra gear. Yes, where he's sure. going to be, where even if he's not the guy, he's going to be somebody that's going to be a playmaker for your fantasy football team. So we talk about guys that are like, you know, guys like Tavon Austin mm-hmm. that are maybe good for NFL teams, but not really good for your dynasty roster. A guy like uh, J- 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 Ross last year. Uh, guys like that. The guys that are really good for NFL teams, but not good for your fantasy roster. Where Ronald Jones might be the flip side of that. Somebody who might be really good for your fantasy roster and might not be the main guy in the NFL, if that makes sense. No, I mean, it makes sense. I think, I think Duke Johnson was that this past year. I don't. I think, you know, Crow was, quote, unquote, their main feature running back. But, I mean, Duke Johnson was the better playmaker and better fantasy back. Yeah, but by he, far. I mean, we said we got to see him catch the ball because maybe his best threat would be that you know third down back. But maybe not. Maybe no, yeah. maybe he could be the guy like a Jordan Howard who did not catch any football, who's arguably the worst pass catcher running back in the entire NFL. Well, I don't even think that's arguable. I think that he is the worst pass catcher running back in the NFL. Where maybe Ronald Jones could be kind of that guy mm-hmm. where he comes in, he's in on first, second down, and they was worried about trying to find him in the right hole, the right offensive line where he could be that big playability, where maybe he has only 10, 12 carries a game, but he's still getting you maybe like kind of like that Chris Johnson spot where Chris Johnson was always good. Like he was not, you know, he, hit the, he, he hits a body and he's down. But once he finds that hole, he's off to the races. 
He's scoring a sixty-dollar touchdown every other game, and he's all of a sudden a, a top-end, high-end running back one. Even though he's he's like really questionable. <laughs> Maybe Ronald Jones could be that guy, somebody that you can get the ball to at big play threat. And even though he's only getting 10, 12 carries a game, but he's scoring you 12 to 20 points a game. He could be, man. I well, mean, that's why you have a number seven. That's why, Yeah, exactly. That's why he's not up higher. The upside he, is even there. Even with a lot of that explosion. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. The time will tell. So you're not in love with him. I'm not, I'm not in love with him only because I just have concerns about how big he is and stuff like that. So Fragile? We'll see when he measures in, and then I'll solidify my, my feelings on this guy. Okay. All right. I'll let, you, uh, I'll let you slide there. Again, it's somebody to me who intrigues me a lot as a, a, lot. As a running back. Uh, next on the list here is a guy that you haven't watched any tape on. None. So, so I've got no real opinion on him. You're taking my word. I'm just taking your word like the rest of these folks out here. Uh, on this one. And that's yeah. going to be uh, Mark Andrews, tight end, Oklahoma. I love him. Now, you said when you were watching tape, I was like, well, we've got to have a tight end here right around to pick number eight because that's, right. that's how I operate. But I'm not just putting him here just to put him here for shits and giggles. I'm putting him here because he's a John Mackey Award winner for the best tight end in 2017. He's a former receiver. He does not block at all. I love it. I know these are all the points you made when I was. I said, "Convince me why? Is, why does this dude belong?" He's here? six foot four, two hundred fifty four yeah. pounds with really good speed and really great hands. This guy is just a mismatch for linebackers. He's going to come in right away. He's going to produce. I would love to see him go to Jacksonville. I think he's going to be a first round pick. I think he's going to be a late first round pick too, which means he's going to go to a really good squad that needs some tight end help. He's going to come in. He's going to be the guy that goes. Well, at the end of the year when we're talking about our rookie year review, like those are pretty good numbers for a rookie tight end, and the upside is really there. Definitely the way they used him. He might be their number one receiving option. Let's see if he can get some more touchdowns on the year because this guy almost scored double digit touchdowns as a rookie. This guy is a weapon. When you give me a guy at this size, this speed, this ability to run routes, he and he plays a tight end position, and he's never going to block. He's mostly going to be playing in the slot. These are guys that I love to have on my dynasty squad. We talk about it all the time, how that tight end position gives you the edge that you need and how there's not even that many good ones out there. There aren't, man. It, it, this is a primo position, and, and looking into this, digging into this guy for the first time a little bit right now, um, 62 receptions this past year for 958 Ooh. yards and eight touchdowns. So if that doesn't get your blood flowing a little bit, it should. Dude, it's getting my blood flow in the right spot. So Kingly all over. Mark Andrews. Six to midnight. He's guy he's got my attention. And I'm gonna start digging in on this guy, you know, obviously in the next coming yeah, weeks here. I like him. And you know what? I think this tight end class in a whole is pretty nice. You had the guy, uh, Dallas Golder from South Dakota State. Right. Uh who's gonna be a really high draft pick. Um Penn State receiver. I can't pronounce his tight end Jaseki. Yeah, something close enough. Yeah, um, looks like it, Mike. He's a, he's a really good overall, like Jason Witten kind of right. uh, tight end right there. He could block and and he could catch the ball. Troy Fumagalli out of Wisconsin. Wisconsin, yeah. And we haven't even found a small school tight end yet. Yet that's going to be pretty sweet as well. Well, South Dakota, yeah, the Dallas guy is South okay. Dakota State, so he's that's a small, small school guy. Yeah. So those are four guys right there. I think uh, Goder and Jaseki. I mean, I got to get the pronunciations down better here are going to end up being either one of those guys might sneak in here to the late first round, kind of like last year, or not. They're going to be really good high second-round picks. Mm -hmm. So were we coming off a really good tight end class last year? I think we're going to follow that up 
this year with some good solid tight ends too, which is much, much needed in the dynasty community. Because we Always mentioned this needed. a Always couple of shows needed. ago. There's not there's about five good tight ends that you feel really good about on your roster, and that's it. So if you take last year's class and then this year's class, we combine in there, we get it right around ten tight ends. That makes me feel really better about it. But no makes me even feel better about that is when I have about two of those top 10 tight end guys on my roster. On my roster right I love now. that, to get through injuries, to get through the bye weeks, to give me that edge that I need. I think Mark Andrews is going to be one of those guys nice. that's going to be a fantasy producer. I think he's going to be drafted in a spot where you're going to love it. He's going to be fit right in here. I think he's going to be consistent across the board for me, right around pick number eight. Maybe I'll slide down a little bit to number nine, ten, somewhere around there because some of these running backs might jump up and blow me away. But right now, the way I love tight ends and I want to get these guys on my roster, I think the position, the value, and the talent here makes him, again, a really good bargain at number eight. I feel like he has a possibility of where we moved Evan Ingram up to comfortable taking him, right, right. where we had a guy like seven, Evan eight, Ingram, yeah. six, seven, eight. That might be Mark Andrews by the time it's done. Because guess what? When this guy finally gets drafted on, the dynasty, on his team, I'm probably just going to complete and finish and just <laughs> blow myself everywhere and be like, I got to have him. I got to have him right around number seven. You could take Calvin Ridley. You take Ronald Jones. I think you could get up to that spot, another spot. I'm going to be <sighs> very happy. All right, with so Mark settle Andrews. down. I can't help myself. Settle down. I can't help myself. Mark Andrews is Jesus. he's fantastic. Listen, he is fantastic. He had a guy like Baker Mayfield. The reason his stats are so well, too, he's had Baker Mayfield throw him the ball. Absolutely. I love Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield is my top quarterback prospect in this whole draft class. Okay? Yeah, Sam Darnold's got some good upside. Josh Rosen's got some good upside. Josh Allen's Deshaun Kaiser. I mean, I guess (laughs) he's got some upside, too. But to me, Baker Mayfield is a stud. Love him. Think he's the best quarterback in this class. And that's showing you what Mark Andrews could do with a nice, good, smart, accurate quarterback in that level. And, and a guy that you know could be argued as the number one receiver, Mark Andrews, he was just a great weapon for Baker Mayfield to have. Showed it, put up the stats. So it shows in college that at the tight end position that almost scoring 1,000 yards, that he is a reliable weapon on offense. That usually translates extremely well to the NFL Again, to me, the number one tight end. I haven't watched a lot of tape on this Dallas guy yet. I'll get into it. Right. But it's going to be really hard. This is a guy I was talking about earlier in the year. Like, wow, I really like this Mark Andrews guy. Like, he's going to be a stud in the NFL. I need to get some shares of him. He definitely looks good from the statistical standpoint. So if you need tight end help and you, you're sitting right around six, seven, eight, just sit back and smile, baby. Just sit back and smile because you can get Mark Andrews. Nice. And I'm giving you the Rich Dotson guarantee. He is going to be a tight end one by 2020 at the latest. Give him that three-year buffer. You always got to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Moving on. Yep. Is that now I'm completely satisfied? Let me light up the cigarette. Oh, my gosh. All uh, right. You look relaxed all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who's our number nine guy, Matt? Uh, I believe. We just got uh, done talking about Zach Ertz. Let's talk about somebody else. <laughs> so Zach Ertz. Yeah, yeah, it's a good co- Zach Ertz is a nice receiver oh, tight right. end. Oh, yeah, okay. He's Zach, he's Zach Ertz. You just confused me. That's who uh, he is. Um, if you like Zach Ertz, who finishes tight end one this year, you're going to like Mark Andrews. So our, our next guy on our list is Sony Michelle's running mate, Nick Chubb. Ooh, speaking of Chubb, we're past that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 5 foot 10, 225, big, thick, nice, solid runner back. Now, this guy was a dynasty darling going back to 2015. And all of a sudden, 2015, he tore his MCLs, PCL, LCL, 
A B C D E F G H I J K L M N O L L L M N O L. I don't even, I don't even know the alphabet. I'm so you know that tingly feeling. Um, uh, he tore everything. He yeah he he so pre injury you know I think he was a little bit more explosive than he is nowadays and obvi- it's it's really obvious when you sit there and watch tape of Sony Michelle and him going against the exact same defenses which guys you know obviously quicker in Michelle and and more explosive Michelle but uh, Nick Chubb it's not like it's not that he doesn't have any good attributes anymore I don't want to no, put this that, guy I don't want to throw this guy to the curb like he's got nothing he definitely is a he's a more physical runner than Michelle is so he's got that coming for him he He's not a guy that caught any like almost any passes in, in college four five and four in the in the past you know so that's a total of thirteen for the, you know the last three years so he's not a guy that's going to catch any passes so really he's going to have to live in the NFL on touchdowns he's one of those guys that's going to be a little bit more touchdown dependent and and for us those guys lose a little bit of value okay again and i don't <sighs> which is, pro- is which is why i think we have them where we have them i think a lot of some other people might still be going off name value and 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 have them up a little bit higher when we talk about one guy, we talk about these guys are going to rise and drop price and drop to me he is almost guaranteed to be the guy that drops which sucks because i hate to talk like everything, I feel like I'm going to be constantly like digging on Nick Chubb here and so sound like I'm a Nick Chubb hater, but he's not going to be anybody I draft. All right, He's going to go in the first round of rookie startups. I don't want anything to do with him just because, to me, he's just not the fastest guy. He's a one-speed, monotone runner, has somewhat trouble getting to the outside edge. Like you said, we have no database on him catching the football, which, right. again, that could change. It changed for Leonard Fournette. Right. It doesn't mean that he can't camp. do it. It does not right. mean he cannot do right. it. But as of right now, like we're drafting today – we have him here at number nine, and I'm okay with that. But to me, the upside is so limited because he's already two years removed from that knee surgery. So this year we saw Nick Chubb get back. And to me, that injury, sometimes those injuries, they affect a runner forever. Right. Where even though we get past it because we're like, oh, he tore his ACL, he'll come back next year. It's no big deal. Well, that's not true. It's a major injury, and it can be a big deal to some players. And it looks like with Nick Chubb, it could have got to him a little bit. I mean, he went from averaging 7.1 yards in 2014, 8.1 in 2015. Before he got hurt. Before he got hurt. Five and then six. So he never really regained the yards per carry, which in my eyes equates to he kind of hasn't gotten all the explosion back. And listen, this is one thing that we've been right. We've been doing the podcast for four years as the guys that end up being touchdown dependent like that. They're in between a tackles runner who's going to come out on third down almost every single time. That is just going to be a good NFL running back for the team. Nick Chubb's going to kind of, when we're talking about Ronald Jones, he's like the opposite of that, where he's not going to be really probably the best for your dynasty roster, your fantasy roster. Where the guy we're going to talk about next has way better upside, I think, than a guy like Nick Chubb. If somehow Nick Chubb can get back to old form and be that guy and start catching some footballs, He's a really nice running back, and he's a good running back that's going to help NFL teams. I'm just really overly concerned about him helping your fantasy team. Not something that I can get on board with and totally believe in because, again, he's somebody that's going to be able to be caught from behind, so he's going to lack some of those big play abilities there. I, I'm worried about him getting to the outside edge. And then not catching the football, that's a big downer for me. I, I, I'm, I'm going res- to reserve my judgment until I see – what he actually runs. 
I want to see his three cone drill. I want to see his three cone drill. How how quick he gets in and out of, out of cuts, and if he can catch the ball once you know once the combine comes around, and if he does catch the ball naturally, hey man, maybe they just weren't into throwing to the backs that much at Georgia. I didn't watch that much Georgia tape to know maybe, what kind yeah, of offense. Maybe Sony Michelle kind of smo- like smothered him. Where well, we were worried about like Todd Gurley and Nick Chubb smothering Sony Michelle, where he overcame that. Maybe somehow Nick. Um, I think Chubb I, got kind of like retarded back in that sense, a form of it, you know, where he Michelle got only back. got nine catches this, this year and Chubb only got four catches this year. So, I mean, they just didn't throw to the running backs that much. Lot, so a lot I mean, of worry be, here for right. me. His combine is going to be huge for me. It is. Um, draft spot is going to be huge for me as well. Six, six yards of carry is nothing to like sneeze at though. I mean, the guy's still good. Yeah. And I, I don't want to make it sound like he is. That's the thing. He, I, th- I think I could. The easiest way to sum it up for me is he's a good running back yeah. that's definitely going to be help an NFL team who probably drafted somewhere maybe late second, third round of NFL draft. His draft stock is going to be sexy. What if he goes to somewhere like the Giants who desperately need uh, a running back? Yeah, if he's locked in as the guy, right? Yeah, yeah. That, so I mean, I there. But just because that's the thing that worries me about him, though. Say, a lot of guys are going to say, "Okay, yeah, that's great." Even if he's the guy there going to the training camp, right? Well, they they can have a guy like the pass catcher running back that's going to kind of surpass him. Yeah, like, Vereen would be there but, or something. Yeah, you maybe. know, is Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, Cleveland, for example, Nick Chubb could easily, to me, and it reminds me kind of somewhat of him already, Isaiah Carell. He could be that guy. He he reminds me of Isaiah Carell a little bit. Uh, yeah. So he could be that guy for me. I, mean, I, guess, I guess I could kind of see that, but. I, I think he could be. A, I, could, I think he he's a, a question bit. mark going yeah. into it. I want to see where he lands. Right. He, he's a he's a timeshare running back in the in college, which most likely he's going to be a timeshare running back in the NFL. We've seen. I mean, Kamara was a timeshare running back. Yeah, but he, we knew his talent. And but I mean, said, like, but he was on the right side of it. He was the pass catching guy that could still. He showed enough in yeah, in between the tackles. That's a big thing. So right. we already both established if he can't catch the football, he's not going to be a pass catcher running back. Then he's off my board. Period. Like he's off my board. He won't be off my board. I think he still has enough upside that if if he if he was popping up late in the first round, I'd probably take a shot on him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. This Washington tape, like he's again, he's good, but there's nothing that like blows me away about his game right now. You know what I mean? It's just like to me, it's like I've seen running backs like him are easy come, easy go. No, right on. So moving on. Yep. A lot will change probably with Nick Chubb, but again, I see him as a guy that possibly drop it. Now the next guy on our list. Carrying Johnson out of Auburn, I can see as a riser. Hmm. 5'10, 212 pounds. Uh, this guy shows fantastic patience behind the line, really lets his, likes to set up his runs at times. 55 catches, which is the fifth most amongst uh, of all time in Auburn, which is, you know, pretty good. They have pretty, some pretty good pretty, running backs pretty there. Good. Guys like Bo Jackson. Oh, who? Um, so he had 55 catches, 478 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, some of the scouting reports will say this guy doesn't have the best speed, but he's a, he's one of those long leg runners that likes to run upright. And to me, his speed looked pretty good on film. I, th- I mean, I thought he looked pretty good. He did get caught a couple of times from behind. I mean, one of the times he pulled up completely lame, and the other time it looked like maybe something else. That, the the run he pulled up completely lame on that you're talking about, that was probably his best run of that game. That was versus, like, Nevada. I can't, I can't remember who they were playing. Um, yeah. Guy had a really good stat line this year. Came through with uh, – what's his stats, Matt? Um, he had 1,391 yards, Ooh. 18 touchdowns, Ooh. 24 receptions, 194 yards, and another two touchdowns. Now that 
is a good stat line. That is that a nice stat is line. a sexy Rexy stat line. So yeah, I mean he had a, he had he had a nice amount of catches there. Um, he he does run a little upright. He ran a lot of stuff out of um, like the wildcat, wildcat, like the, yeah. So so I know there's one point we were watching film together, and you're like, is there? Can I just see a couple plays of him not? <laughs> Catching on a wild and, and and they did thankfully. So I mean, some of that's a little tricky and, and odd, but um. But again, this is a it's team just hard to they, evaluate. They don't more, throw the ball so, a ton yeah, here, right. so they do run a lot. So they, he's doing this against the box. This is somebody that I can see rising up our draft boards. The more we could dig into him, the more games. I've only watched right. a couple games of him. Read a lot of scouting reports on him as well. But everything I everything I've seen. Right now is somebody for somebody that was like not really on at all, you know, a month ago. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, ooh, I like him. And he's a, I mean, he's a junior that that declared early, so it's one of those things where we're playing we're playing a little bit of catch up on this guy. We, I think he was a, a bit of a surprise uh, declaration, to be honest. So I like him yep. on tape so far. So do I. He's yeah. one of those guys that we start like talking about, and we're like, kind of like. Last year, Cream Hunt, we're like, why don't everybody like him as much? Now, I'm not. Everybody likes Kerryon Johnson, just like where we like him right now, around ten anyway. So right. it's not like that. But like, when I first watched tape on Cream Hunt, I'm like, ooh, mm-hmm. yeah, oh I, yeah, I like what I'm seeing. And I here. came in and said the exact same thing to you, right? Yeah, and now I'm like, I'm watching Kerryon Johnson. I'm like, ooh, like everything we mentioned about Nick Chubb, we're sitting there going, eh, like he's good, like this. Right. But it, here we're watching Kerryon Johnson. It's like, okay, he runs upright. He has, like, those long legs. That could be a big problem in the NFL. Right, but there's other – I mean, DeMarco Murray is like that. That's a good comp. That's a good comp, DeMarco Murray. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he runs in a very similar fashion, I think. He does run like DeMarco Murray. I think it's a really good comp. Yeah. So, hopefully, um, you know, I didn't see him – I wanted to see him lower his pads a little bit more than I did, but on but some of the goal line things, he, he did, did he, he did power did. his way in and, and and get down low. So I mean, on the goal line, which he ran well right. on, he did lower his pads to right. get a lot lower. Everything else was definitely upright right. and kind of, you know, and the way he handles the ball is not overly great. But he, I think, only had like three lost fumbles in his career, so that's not like an over concern as well. I can see kind of. Again, we were talking about last year, like, okay, wherever – watch. I made a statement before the draft, before everything. I said, by the time Kareem Hunt gets drafted, he's going to rise so high. I think I can say this. Not He's not as good as Kareem Hunt. I'm not saying no, that. No, no, no. It, Kareem Hunt's balance and agility was fantastic. Absolutely. This guy is not like that. He's not a type of runner. But I could see him getting drafted in the right spot. And people remember like, Ooh, yeah, I'm down with this Carrion Johnson. Yeah, you can get. I mean, they're he's going to end up going in the draft in a similar, I think, a similar spot in the NFL third draft, round? third round ish. Yeah, so like, and there's a number of teams yeah. that he can go to. They're going to be like, ooh, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I got, I can do something with this guy. Yeah. He showed he can catch the ball, yep. so he has possibilities there as well. I love the Demarco Murray comp. I really do. I think his running style is a guy. He could be a big play threat as well. I think his stat line that we just mentioned at 1,300 yards, 8, 17, 19 touchdowns, I think we get lower a little bit. I could easily see this guy being like a 1,200-yard rusher, 12-touchdown kind of guy, right. 22 catches for say, about, you, you throw in about 300 yards. Yep, yep. Guess what numbers those are? Those are mid-range, high-end, running back one numbers. Absolutely. That's yep. the kind of ability that he has that I saw on tape already. 
I think right now at number 10, if drafts were held today, I think you're really good in good value. I think I'm already talking myself into move him from 10 to 9, and I'll take him ahead of Nick Chubb. All right. Just me personally. Yeah, no, I mean, I could see that. Just out of all the, just everything I, just like out of the tape I watched, neither, like Nick Chubb looks good on tape too. Like he's running definitely in college. I just really worry how that's going to translate to the NFL where I'm not as worried about as Kerryon Johnson. And definitely once you, once you said the words DeMarco Murray to me, I literally just saw him running in a Dallas uniform. (laughs) <laughs> or a Titans uniform as DeMarco Murray. Like, right, the, right. I think that comp is so good and so nailed on the head that I like that a lot, and it makes me like him a little bit more. So I would actually bump him ahead of uh, Nick Chubb right now. All right. Personally. Hey, I put Nick I'm Chubb a, I'm a, Yeah, I'm a big DeMarco Murray fan. So yeah. Oh, I know you are. <laughs> so let's move down here to number 11. Uh, Christian Kirk. Is that what we have here, 11? Uh, no, that, no, we have Rashad Penny. Yeah, I was going to say we have Rashad Penny, Christian Kirk. Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> um, so Rashad Penny led all of college football with rushing yards. To me, um, he's foot, he's five foot eleven, two hundred twenty four pounds. A nice build to right. him, and that's uh, confirmed. You know, from the Senior Bowl weigh-in, so that's his actual size. Should run about a four five range, right around there. Uh, speed doesn't look like he's a question for him. At the next level, no, no, he looks like he has you know, enough speed and explosion. Obviously, with with the ridiculous production, I mean, two thousand two hundred and forty eight yards, twenty three touchdowns. So I mean, the guy was like basically their entire offense. Their uh, entire offense. Nine, Nineteen receptions, one hundred and thirty five yards, and another two touchdowns. And even I mean, last year in a complimentary role, because obviously uh, Danell Pumphrey uh, was another two thousand yard rusher there last year. He also had a thousand and five yards last year, so I mean, he's done it the past two years, um, and he's a bigger guy that I think can hold up. You know? Yeah. So I to think me, he I, looks I, like he's a good running back that doesn't do anything overly great. But the the production is, you know, it's. But we've seen that uh, we've seen that a hundred times for running backs like that. Two thousand like, yards though? in San Diego State. Two thousand yards. Danell Danell Pumphrey did it, dude. Right. I mean, but we didn't get to see anything out of him this year, so who knows what he's yeah, actually. But, I mean, but a Pumphrey is like 165 pounds. Exactly. So, he's I mean, a smaller guy. It, so it's hard. But, but, but it's showing you the system can it, get you to 2,000 yards. No, I get if it. Danell Pumphrey, my point is Danell Pumphrey can get 2,000 yards, then why can't a guy, we saw his bill, we watched tape on him. Right. Again, I'm not, I'm not, again, we have him in the first round of our rookie draft, so it's not like we're down on him at no, all. Right, no. It's just. He's a guy that I could see going down, though. I, yeah. I just feel like the more tape I do watch right. on him, like yeah. right now, let's we have a shot penny here because of where he's consensusly ranked overall. The tape we watched of him wasn't bad. No, yeah, we liked it. Yeah, wasn't terrible. I and mean, he made a couple of really nice catches too. I mean, the one the one that was like behind his head, we were like, oh, wow, that, that yeah. was an eye opener. Definitely showed some good hands as well. So I feel very comfortable with him right here around eleven. But again, there's so much more tape on guys we have to watch, like you know the guy from Arizona State. Right. Um, guys like DJ Moore, wide receiver from Maryland, the tight ends we mentioned, Mark Walton from Miami who got hurt, right. who Dynasty Nerd might compare to like kind of like a Clinton Portis kind he's, of guy. He, Mark Walton, I'll tell you that. Um, I did watch some tape on him today. He's very explosive, and for a guy that's you know he's listed at five nine, right around two hundred pounds. He he's not afraid to get physical, so I I like him, and I think he'd be a pretty good. Yeah, so I mean, these are guys that we're talking about. Like, Simi Cobb from Indiana, right. who doesn't, you know, the speed's not really there. Might be a possession receiver, 
kind of comps he's like, to, a, he's like a 6'3", could, 225 type yeah, of guy. Could either be a really, end up being a pretty solid receiver who right. has good hands, or it could be Laquan Treadwell and what he's doing. There's guys like that. I mean, there's so many other guys. We have Anthony Miller, wide receiver from Memphis. Other Oklahoma State receiver, Marcel Aitman. Um, Colorado State wide receiver, Michael Gallup. Deontay Burnett from USC. Auden Tate, huge receiver from Florida State who might have some drop issues. Mm. But the size is so intriguing and so right. sexified for the NFL. Um, Royce Freeman, Royce running Freeman back. from Oregon. Oregon. I watched some tape on him. He's a big guy, too. Six, uh, you know, Right around six foot, 230 pounds. But but you know actually plays pretty quick for that size. Deion Kane, right? Wide receiver, you out there at Clemson, uh, Quantumius St. Brown from Notre Dame, who doesn't overly excite me right now too. But again, really good size. Right. All these guys that we just I just said have a time chance to get up to here because right here at number eleven, where Rashad Penny, who we like, is where we said okay. Right when the show started, we say we have a consensus top ten right now that we feel really good about that. I feel from right here, Rashad Penny on, it's wide open. Oh, it's wide open. Because yeah. I have so much more tape to watch, so much more guys to study up on where, yeah, I like Rashad Penny here today at number 11, but that could change. Right. Then at the NFL draft, that could change up out where he might jump ahead of some of these guys. He might be my number six overall rookie. It's very possible because he's a solid running back. Let's see where he ends up. But Rashad Penny, right now we have a number 11. Number 12, we spoil it. We have Christian Kirk. Not again, not a huge guy, five foot eleven, two hundred pounds, uh, just an overall solid receiver. You said he lacked the giving you love that you'd like to see a little bit more out of the I guy. wanted I I wanted to see a little bit more out of the guy when I was watching his initial tape, but I but I haven't dug into a lot of games. So I mean I I, I literally watched like one, maybe two games of him only. So uh, it it might have been it might have been the wrong games and and there were other games where boom he was really jumping off the page so yeah, I'm going to reserve judgment and I think we we put him here kind of as a as a placeholder because we think he should be mentioned well and, yeah because he's a smaller runner right. but he's ranked really high because right. given a first round grade by a lot of guys that I respect mm-hmm. so again I haven't watched tons of tape on him yet either he's one of those receivers that has a name value right that I haven't really dug in on so we gave him here his spot out of just respect amongst the community i agree christian kirk we'll texas a we'll see if it holds up yeah again just a smaller receiver right now you know you're gonna hear things about him that he's a really good he can run really well good body control good flexibility just an overall solid athlete that um gets his his top speed really quickly just gets out there and does it just a really good receiver um but we talk about things of him being smaller, primarily playing on the slot at Texas A&M, not really established as a deep threat. This has got to average under 13 yards per catch. And that, you know, that's what that's what I see. That's why he, he underwhelmed me a little bit in the explosion. And he just left a little bit to be desired, I guess. Yeah, that's my that's my biggest. Um, when I see that stat line that worries me, it's like wow, under 13 yards per catch for his entire career. It's kind of like. All right, so it's a lot of short intermediate routes. And my my thing might have been, you know, I went I went right from James Washington's tape to his tape. So I mean, it was one of those things where I, where I'm, there's an aggressive, explosive type of guy in James Washington, and then I go right to Christian Kirk, and it it just kind of he didn't measure up to that maybe as well. So um, I think there's a a good reason I have him, you know, seven spots. Yeah, because when you when you watch difference. him, here here's a good way to explain Christian Kirk. The limit that I have seen him. The limitedness that I have seen him is 
there's no way this guy's ever going to be a number one receiver in the NFL. Like, there's just no way. Right. Like, I don't see yeah, that ever that. happening. Right. So that caps you. A, that that puts somewhat of a cap on you right away. Now you go to the right team, that changes everything because you don't have to be a number one receiver to be a stud when it comes to fantasy football. That's not a necessary tool. But where does he land? You know, we talking about a guy like the Ravens before. If he ends up as a number two in the Ravens, who cares? You got yeah. no value. But Joe Flacco's arm, right. and you're averaging thirteen rounds. That does, yeah. You are almost invisible. Right. Um, where a guy like him on the Patriots who run those short. That's fantastic. You right. know. So, but right now, I don't see him as the number one guy, which does not make him not valuable. But again, it puts a big question mark. Though. Yeah. When I'm shooting for a guy in the first round at receiver position, when it comes to a spot like this is, okay, I can take a guy like him who's a pretty solid receiver, pretty good in college, you know, drafted in the second round of the NFL draft, but I see that limitedness there. Or, hey, I could take this tight end out of uh, South Dakota State who has a possibility to be a top five tight end. Total difference maker. Who would actually be a difference maker in my team or the upside of this, you know, Mark Walton running back from Miami – who do I go with? To me, that's an easy decision. It is an easy decision. I I I feel like those kind of wide receivers are a dime a dozen. Yes. Or they're so they're, I mean they're so much easier to get than than some of these other positions. I mean, those are guys you can find on your waiver wire. Right. You know that come and go. And how long is that productivity going to even last for your roster? Easily one of those guys that I feel like Christian Kirk could be one of those guys that's on your team that okay maybe he's like a low end wide receiver three, but maybe most likely if you want to be a championship team, he's going to be like your wide receiver. Four, you know, maybe mm-hmm. kind of like I'm trying to think of somebody along those lines. I can't think off the top of my head, but just somebody I'm not in love with. And like you said, you watched a little bit of tape on him and kind of left you want a little bit more. I mean, I'm going to watch more. I'm going to watch more. So yes. we'll see. We'll see if he, he changes my mind. And maybe he will. Yep. We, we have players like that all the time Absolutely. that change our mind. This so is that's the, it. This is the way too early. Way too early. And again, if you listen to our last year's way too early mock draft, you'll go, wow, that was way uh, different than your final <laughs> mock draft. So exactly. let me break. Let me run this down one more time. Number one overall, we have Saquon Barkley, running back, Penn State. Number two, Darius Geis, running back, LSU. Number three, Sony Michelle, running back, Georgia. Number four, Cortland Sutton, wide receiver, SMU. Number five, James Washington, wide receiver, Oklahoma State. Number six, Calvin Ridley, wide receiver, Alabama. Number seven, Ronald Jones, the second. We forgot that earlier. Give him his second Ooh, out there. That. Running back, USC. Number eight, Mark Andrews, tight end, Oklahoma. Ooh. Baby, you got me. Slow down. Uh, number nine for Matt, Nick Chubb, <laughs> running back, Georgia. Number 10, my number nine, Kerryon Johnson, running back, Auburn. Number 11, Rashad Penny, running back, San Diego State. Number 12, Sim, uh, not Sim, Christian Kirk, wide receiver, Texas A&M. Captain Kirk? Uh, we almost got Simi Cobb in our first round early. Six foot three, 220 pounds, really long arms, good body control, catches the ball well, not very fast. Uh, Once he his combine t- time, but again, somebody I liked early in the year. Played really big against some good competition there. But we mentioned a lot of guys that we still like. It's way too early to talk about these guys in depth. I can't wait to break all these guys down. Uh, going forward, next week we're going to break down the Senior Bowl East-West Shrine game. Uh, we'll think of a couple topics in between then, too, because then we get into our positional ranks where we start going into the quarterbacks and we break down every quarterback. The quarterback show is usually a one-episode show. Tight ends a one-episode show. Running back this year probably be a two-episode two episode. show. 
Uh, receivers sometimes break themselves down to a third episode show. I feel like this year it's going to be a two episode show for receivers. We'll, we'll see. And then by the time it's all said and done, the NFL draft comes along. And then we break them down all over again about value and re-rank everybody. And then we get into our summer shows, which are always fantastic as well. We'll have some uh, shows in between as well. So, I can't wait, man. This is it, it's really starting to get ramped up, man. I, I'm I I love the Senior Bowl stuff. I like the East White the East West Shrine Game stuff as well. So I'm I'm look, really looking forward to digging into that stuff. I this is to it I think week. this is our bread and butter. I think this is my favorite part about the whole year. Yep. I think the off season we do the podcast where they are fun breaking down in the season and finding these gems and these buy lows and sells highs. This is where dynasty rosters are made. This is where this your is, championships are built, man. This is where you change your team. This is why we play dynasty fantasy football because the off season is just as important, if not more important than the regular season itself. Like we said, we get the regular season. A lot of it is cut and dry about who you're getting into your lineup and how it's going to operate. What trades you're going to make you a little bit limited. This is where you help and take your team to the next level. This is where you have the chance to get a guy like Saquon Barkley, who has the impact of your team, like a Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara, that will literally take your team to the next level and bring you to a championship. Now, granted, if you're picking 1-1, odds of that happening are slim to none. But I'm in a position where I made a trade last offseason. I ended up with the number one overall pick, and I have already have a playoff championship caliber team. Now I'm going to have Saquon Barkley with Dalvin Cook. Hello, nurse. Hello, championship. So this is it. This is our first step into that offseason. I can't wait to get started on this 2018 class. So far, it looks like it's a pretty exciting class that I'm excited for. Um, so we have a long time to go. The draft is, what, three months away? Oh, God, yeah. Something we, like have, that. we have a ways to go. Yeah. But, you know, this is Ricky shows alone. That's, what, seven, eight shows? That's two months by itself. That's perfect. So Combine starts February 23rd. 20, 27th, I think. So that's about a month away as yep. well. So we'll get some uh, filling stuff in between. But, like, without a Combine, we could break down the quarterback class without overly concerned about the Combine. I agree. There's not much that's going to change. Yeah, from, so from we'll the, get into some of these rookies. We'll start breaking these guys down, and we'll look back what we did last year. We'll get some more shows out for you. In the meantime, you can always follow me on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. You can follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. Make sure you check out DynastyNerds.com every single day for your rankings and all your fantastic scouting reports that we have out there every single day. That's what our, uh, right now we're pumping out, tons of scouting reports. So tons of articles out there right now about these rookies so you can get a little bit more in-depth upon them. As always, we haven't mentioned in a while, if you want to give us a rating and review on iTunes, we appreciate it. Um, if you're going to give a five-star rating, we're all for it. If you don't like the show, keep that opinion to your damn self. <laughs> but we, I will say this, Matt, I haven't mentioned in a while. We're yeah. up to 430 reviews. Oh, my gosh. That's pretty fantastic. That's nearly 450. Almost to the point where I'm going to start getting annoyed. Like, okay, let's get to 500. Uh, March to 500. So yeah. if you do appreciate the show and you have an Apple phone, give us a rating and review. We like it. We appreciate it. And by we, I mean rich. I ain't too proud to beg. <laughs> so uh, look forward to that. And again, DynastyNerds.com every single day. And of course, if you want to get your offseason right ready for a rookie draft, buy a Dynasty Nerds t-shirt. Boom. All right. See you guys next I'm week. I'm wearing mine right now. Senior Bowl can't wait. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Ready, set, put Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.